and welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number nine. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how you doing? Every night last night, you okay? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, night out with the lads. I think I was the only person walking past the kebab shops, checking sleeper and checking draft picks and yeah, a few surprises along the way. So it uh, sobered me up very quickly. So you had all you the lads asking you? you had all the lads asking you if you wanted chili sauce and salad and you're telling them about uh, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, I was uh, mentioning Tucker Craft, so uh, yeah, very strange, uh, strange night to be honest on the streets of Essex. But you start for it, a bit of a nerd again. Yeah, so I stayed up to the end of the second round, and then it caught up with me from the night before, and I went asleep. So I checked out um, round three this morning, the results. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't stay up any longer. Good man. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's a few, few interesting ones, a few surprises as well. So we'll. Uh, go for it today yeah so we're just going to work our way through the fantasy relevant skill picks from rounds two and three and the effects of it all and our little teams that we love managing so uh the first uh pick so round two pick 33 so uh will levis to the tennessee titans now there were multiple reports that uh the titans tried very hard to come back into round one to get that fifth year option on him so possibly you can still regard him as, as a first round pick but um so yeah he's gone to the titans um Tannehill's still there Malik, Malik Willis is obviously still there I'm not sure how much longer Tannehill is going to be there so there's, there's every chance for Levis and um yeah so that's he's found his he's found his landing spot he don't have to sit in that green room shaking anymore so um just going to be a shame that we're going to miss his um miss the uh, seeing his partner every uh, every hour aren't we yeah, it's a bit of a shame there. But actually, I think we called um, the Titans early in the second, possibly as a landing spot. So quite pleased that. And yeah, as we said, he was sitting there shaking. It was a bit uncomfortable. So pleased for the lad. And uh, I mean, how quickly do you think he can start? Will he start? What, what do you think? Uh, I think that he's got a very good chance to start because I'm not sure that uh, Tannehill is going to be there much longer. Um, they're not going to be great. And what's the point rolling with Tannehill? Tannehill is more a win now quarterback, isn't he? And I don't think they're in that position at the moment. Wouldn't surprise me if Tannehill's not there and Derek Henry's not there. So I could see him getting onto the field fairly early. What about you? Yeah, I feel the same. It's one of those ones where it might might sit for a couple of weeks. But yeah, I think you've got to see what you've got. They've got no business rolling out a 34, 35-year-old Tannehill and Derek Henry, have they? So um, yeah, fairly nice landing spot, I think, for the longer term for Levis and, and see what he's about. But yeah, he can stop shaking now. <laughs> He's been dropping down the uh, the sleeper ADP, and uh, he's getting into the second round now. So, I, I think I said it in our NFL group this morning. I, I'd be delighted to take him in the second round, to be honest. I've said it all along that you know we've had these conversations so many times about quarterbacks. If they drop, pick him up. I imagine I'm not saying he's a similar player, but if you'd picked up Jalen Hurts in your second round a couple of years ago, you're laughing now. So, um, yeah, as soon as these quarterbacks slide, if they've got a chance of starting pick him up. I mean, last year, Sam Howell dropped in sort of the third round of rookie drafts and he's now a starting quarterback in Superflex. No idea what the ceiling's going to be, but uh, yes, yeah, definitely worth um, worth the pick. So yeah, I'll be picking up Levis uh, in a few leagues, I reckon. Okay, so moving on. So round two, pick 34, the pick straight after. Uh, one of my sleepers, actually, um, Sam Laporta went to the Detroit Lions. This, I think, is a really, really nice landing spot for Sam Laporta. He's got a chance to play straight away. There's there's tight ends there, but he's he's in with a chance to be starting on on the uh, opening day. Um, did you see the pick? What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean we've spoken about Laporta a few times, and and you 
beat me to uh, to naming him as your sleeper guy a few weeks back on the pod. That's a fantastic landing spot, isn't it? And I think he fits really well there. Bit sad, it's probably above James Mitchell as a guy that I quite liked and thought had a chance. But yeah, I think Laporte was the the day one starter there, and I think it fits what they're about. So fantastic pick. Um, and it's interesting he went above uh, the guy that went just after him. So um, yeah, I think in Dynasty. I'd be picking up Sam Laporte in quite a few places. I think Kincaid's going to rise up boards, but Laporte could be a really, really good value, probably in the second round of your rookie drafts. Um, really like it, but he's your boy. What do you think? Yeah, I was really happy. When he when he came out, I was really, really happy with it. He's, he's actually the second tight end um, off the board, isn't he? So I, I was really happy with the move. I'm really happy with him going to the Lions because they, they scheme open their tight ends. Ben Johnson seems to like the tight end. They got quite a lot of work out of Brock Wright and a little bit out of James Mitchell last year. So there's definitely a role there for him. So yeah, I think it's a delightful landing spot. That rookie draft that we draft before the combine and before the actual draft, I actually managed to snag Sam Laporta at 5.08. So I'm delighted with that. What what a pick that is. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Well, um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm in a really good landing spot for him. It's just interesting. So looking, the, the guy that came immediately after him, round two, pick 35, Michael Mayer went to the Raiders. Um, and again, that's a landing spot. We did we did mention, didn't we? He was a bit of an angry boy the night before, clearly fuming that he, he didn't leave the board on, on night one. But I think this is a really nice landing spot for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great landing spot. I think that um, Josh McDaniel loves a, a tight end that can do everything. And, and that's exactly what Michael Mayer is. Um, number 87 as well. So McDaniel is going to be scheming up a number 87 tight end again. So it might bring back some good memories for him. But um yeah, I think it's a great, great landing spot for him. I think it's a great landing spot for the Raiders as well. I know that OJ Howard and Austin Hooper are there, but I think they're more camp bodies. And I think Michael will be the uh, the future tight end of the Raiders. So you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, really, really like the, the move, actually. I, I think when it comes down to doing your rookie draft, so I, I think he'll probably rise above Laporte just because I think he's got the the sort of the brand name. So I think Laporte will still be a, a better value. But yeah, I really like the landing spot for Mayer and hopefully he can calm down because he was absolutely fuming. Um, but not a bad spot, is it? Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, it'd be a nice uh, nice night out for him. So yeah, I really like the like landing spot. I think he was fuming the night before because he's a big Zay Flowers fan and, and saw Zay Flowers' landing spot. So he might have been the same. Yeah, <laughs> He's got flowers in Dynasty and he was absolutely raging. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty much how I looked. Um, yeah, really nice spot, though. But uh, moving on, because, um, yeah, I was more angry than Michael Mayer, I think, at, at Zay Flowers. Um, but this one's a really interesting pick, actually. This is a guy that's risen a bit and we spoke about him last week. So round two, pick 39, Jonathan Mingo to the Panthers. Um, this is a guy that's just been rising the last few weeks, isn't he? I think in this class we've spoken about the size profile of these wide receivers and not not many big sort of ex alpha type receivers but this is a guy that's just been rising big fast athlete at wide receiver reasonably productive this is um a bit of a surprise it's gone this high but should it be well there were reports wasn't there last week that he may sneak into the back end of the first and he's only what i guess seven picks away from the first so you know yeah. those reports those reports seem to be true but they don't really have that profile at the Panthers at the moment, unless you, I guess you count Terrace Marshall, it may kill him a little bit on the outside, but it's a nice profile for them to get, I think. And as we said, he's an outlier in this class, isn't he? Exactly. And we've spoken a few times about the Panthers and they've got a reasonably 
all right receiving core, but they're on one-year deals. Well, I think Thielen got a two- or three-year deal, didn't he, which was a bit of a surprise, but I think DJ Chark's got a one-year deal. Terrace Marshall, we both like, but hasn't quite hit. So there's a good opportunity there. If he strikes up a rapport with the new quarterback, then who knows? But yeah, really nice profile. And um, yeah, as you said, there's not many of those in this class. Surely he's just going to be gonna... saddling up to um, Bryce Young in rookie uh, camp, isn't he? Yeah, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? It's uh, yeah, not a not a bad weapon for for Bryce Young to have. I mean, are you going to pick up much Mingo in your rookie drafts? Because I do think he's going to rise a little bit. But I don't know quite where he's going to land. I think in Superflex, he's probably not going to go much higher than I don't know mid second. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. He's probably going to go yeah early to mid second. I think isn't he going by where he's been taken? So. Um... Just depends what I've, what picks I've got around that area, and and if he pops up, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be against taking him at all because Panthers have obviously spent some capital on him, and he's going to have a role there, and and this this regime has picked him, and so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be adverse to picking him up, and yeah, I wouldn't be avoiding him. So it just depends, I guess, where where my picks are and where he lands, really. Yeah, but yeah, quite a nice, uh, quite a nice landing spot. Um, let you take the next one. So yeah, round two, pick 42. Um, one of the tight ends that I like as well, Luke Musgrave to the Packers. So really, really good athlete. Uh, more of a pass-catching tight end than a blocking tight end. This is the move that people have wanted for the Packers since you know since the draft started. They wanted them to get a pass-catching tight end to sort of help Jordan Love, try and surround Jordan Love with as many weapons as possible. So yeah, I like this move. Um, some great draft capital for Musgrave now. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with the move. I like the player a lot. He's got a real big chance at the Packers because there's not a lot there currently. So there could be a good role for him. What did you make of it? Well, he was um, the guy that I said a few weeks ago that I really want to leave my rookie drafts with. So um, yeah, I, I really like Luke Musgrave. There's not as much tape on him. He suffered a really bad knee injury. I think he played two games his final season. So there's a lot of sort of projection of what he could be, but he's a big move tight end. He's just a big oversized wide receiver, um, really good athlete. And that's what you want. I think in, in Dynasty and in Fantasy, you want a, a pass catching tight end. So really big need in the receiving group at the Packers, isn't there really? They've got obviously Christian Watson and not much else in the in the receiving room. So yeah, if he can become the, the day one starting tight end, I think that's a really good opportunity with uh, not a rookie quarterback, but Jordan loves an inexperienced quarterback. So what do they favour? They favour those short yardage checkdowns to tight ends. And I think he could get a decent bit of volume. So, yeah, I'll try and leave most of my rookie drafts with Luke Musgrave, I think. So I do love Laporta. I like Mayer. Uh, but I just think Musgrave might go slightly later. And I'd rather move back and pick him up a, a bit more value. Yeah, if you don't want to be taking those tight ends with like high up picks, then I think Musgrave might be the later value to target might any I think that might be the one yeah I hope so because that's uh, that's the guy I want so yeah fingers crossed uh, so you you were mentioning the uh, the Packers weapons and uh, round two pick 50 they took Jaden Reed so um, this was one of my guys actually this was another one of my sleepers and another one that's gone early in the second round so uh, one I'm quite happy about but um, I really like him I think this is a great great move for him as we've said before, there's not a lot at the Packers. You've got Musgrave and Reed there now to add to uh, Christian Watson, um, Romeo Dubes. I'm not a massive fan of, to be honest, but I think there's a massive chance for Jaden Reed to get a big role straight from the off. Um, he's been compared to Antonio Brown. I know that's a huge uh, compliment, and you know he might not even get anywhere near that. But 
He's a return man as well. Started out as a return man like Antonio Brown. Um, I think he's from Western Michigan as well. So there's there's comparisons there with um, Antonio Brown, but he's very he's a very very good route runner, very good feet. He's quite quick as well. I, I just love this move for the Packers and for Jaden Reed. I, you knew it was one of my sleepers. Did you do much on Jaden Reed at all? I did a bit. Yeah, I know that you were quite high on him. So uh, I looked into him, agree with what you've said, really. It's uh, obviously these comparables to Antonio Brown. I think his best comparable on player profile is Stefan Diggs, but quite um, quite a lofty expectations there for Jaden Reed. But yeah, I, I like the landing spot. Similar to what we said for Musgrave, really, there's just an opportunity and they're clearly trying to surround Jordan Love with some weapons because... Uh, the big baby's been kicking off for the last few years and, you know, nice to see them actually filling that receiver room a bit now. Yeah, definitely. I think chance for him and, and it's really good for the uh, Packers to get a couple of young pieces like this to surround Jordan Love with, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, re- I like it all round, really. But um, before we discuss round two, pick 52, we're both a bit angry about this one, aren't we? Oh, we're absolutely fuming, fuming. Um, not quite as fuming as I was at Zay Flowers, but it's not far off. This is one that I was walking around Chelmsford last night and it came off on the phone and just couldn't quite believe what I was reading. So, yeah, round two, pick 52. Let's, let's bite the bullet. Zach Charbonnet to the Seahawks. Um, this is an absolute disaster. This is a guy that we really wanted to see land in a nice spot, even behind a, a James Connor in Arizona or something so an opportunity to start straight away and take over as a three down workhorse and he lands in Seattle uh, competing with Kenneth Walker Um, so absolute disaster it couldn't probably have gone much worse could it? No not really I mean I'm a Kenneth Walker owner I've got him in a few and it's annoying and they've got similar draft catapult capital now so just a bad move all round. I mean, we spoke about um, the night before that Seahawks probably need another running back in their room, but I don't think either of us expected it to be Charbonnet. And I imagine that once you got the news in Chelmsford, you maybe smashed up a McDonald's or something. Did you Did you go and smash something up? Yeah, I can confirm. Yeah, you don't want to go down Chelmsford High Street today. It's a disaster. But uh, yeah, I genuinely was angry because it's a guy that we've praised a lot. I, mean, I debated, could he be the RB2? I know that... Obviously, Gibbs is the man, but I think just in terms of size and profile, I thought Charbonnet is, I mean, he's been compared to Todd Gurley again, which is very lofty, but this is just a bit of a disaster. I suppose just trying to think of sort of to play devil's advocate, really. The Seahawks have run a a, a two running back system before. They've obviously had Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Penny missed loads of time with injuries, but it has worked to a degree. But all you're really going to do is cap one or both of their ceilings on a weekly basis and yeah, it's just a bit of a disaster for both of them, really. So, yeah, gutting. Um, and I won't be taking Charbonnet in sort of the mid to late first at the moment, I don't think. If he falls to the second, I might be interested. But, yeah, it's um, really bad news. Are you going to so take I've, him anywhere? So, I've got a few picks around one eight one nine one ten, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll get Charbonnet. And I was really looking forward to getting him there. And then, uh, and then he's gone to the Seahawks. It's like, I don't know if I really want him there now. I mean... As you said, they're going to cap each other, aren't they? I mean, is it is it Walker for the early work and Charbonnet for third down work? I don't, I don't know because Charbonnet can run early downs as well. So it's just, yeah, it's not a great landing spot, is it? And it, kill, it probably kills both of them. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It's um really disappointing. So yeah, we both thought they'd take a running back. Could have been a third down back or a pass catcher. I thought even a chain or someone just to, to mix it up in a different profile. But he's pretty much the exact same profile as um, as Kenneth Walker. So, yeah, terrible news. Like you, I've got a few 109, 110 picks. And that's exactly who I was eyeing up to take. 
and uh, I just won't touch him now. I don't think at that price. I'd, I'd rather wait and take someone else. It's um, yeah, really frustrating. Yeah, let's let's get off of this one because it's just generally upsetting. So disappointing. Round two, pick fifty-five, Rashi Rice to the Kansas City Chiefs. So a bit similar in profile to Juju. He's got very very good hands. Um, leading up to the draft. He's, I've seen lots of clips and I've read lots of reports. He doesn't drop much at all. He's got very, very good hands. A lot of people profile him to Juju in the intermediate areas and he, he's got similar build as well. I think he's probably going to rise up boards just because he's gone to the Chiefs and he's, he's probably got the greatest quarterback ever throwing to him. So he's likely to rise up the boards. Um, you got much interest in Rashi Rice? Do you know what? I don't, don't really know. I, I, I like him. Um, I think this was a bit high. And like you said, and I think I mentioned it in our groups earlier, this is a guy that's going to get bumped up draft boards because he's at the at the Packers, not the Packers, at the Chiefs and linked to Pat Mahomes. But I just don't see the value there. If he starts squeezing into the back end of the first, early second, which is probably what's going to happen, I just don't think I'm interested. I, I said earlier in the group, I think he's he's Sky Moore a year ago. And mm-hmm. I'd much rather use that pick and, and take Sky Moore, to be honest. So... Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine long term, but I just think we're probably going to see not very much out of his rookie year. Um, and you can probably pick him up for cheaper in a year's time because he will just rise up boards, won't he? You said profiled similar to Juju. I mean, Juju wasn't amazing in in Kansas City. He was useful, but yeah, nice player. Um, decent landing spot, obviously, but I, I don't think the value is going to be there for me in rookie drafts. Are you going to have much uh, Rashi Rice? Do you know what? I didn't do a great deal of work on him pre-draft. I did a little bit and I was just come across like, yeah, he's okay, he's fine. But um, I don't think so. Like you, I think that Sky Moore is the one for me to target. I think he's had a, a year there now and I think he's one to look at um, if you can get him cheap. But does this put a stop to any DeAndre Hopkins deal? Does um, Rashi Rice put a stop to Hopkins if they can get him? I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know if it does. I mean, I think if if you get the opportunity to add a DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think it's going to, a rookie coming in is going to stop you from doing that. So yeah, I think they're just filling their, their receiver room. They've signed a load of bums, haven't they? I mean, Justin Watson signed up there and all these sort of players. And yeah, it's um, Justin Ross maybe in the, in the bin though, unfortunately. So that was um, a short lived boom situation, wasn't it? Yeah, so Justin Ross had a, had a two-week spike, didn't he? The video's come out, he's had a two-week spike, and now he's dead again. Yeah, he's about wide receiver eight now. So, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't sell at all. Um, in fairness, I don't think many were buying. It's, he was a throwing piece, wasn't he? He wasn't a, yeah. a separate deal. This next one was a bit, of a, a bit of a surprise to me. So, round two, pick 58, Luke Shoemaker to the Cowboys. I mean, it's not a player that I did too much on pre-draft. I've obviously had a bit of a read previously and did a bit more today just to sort of read into him a bit more but um, he sounds like a craft beer it's not really a player for me seems a bit of a reach but um decent profile probably a bit early though what do you think have you done much on on shoemaker yeah so i've done a little bit on shoemaker because i took him um off waivers in in one of our um, early drafts so yeah he's quite athletic as well i think it's i really really like the player the uh, the only thing i've got is it's a little bit early He's already been labelled uh, shoemaker in our uh, in our NFL group by our Cowboys boy, which I quite like. So I'm going to be going forward with shoemaker. So um, yeah, he's, he's a maker of shoes. So um, was that just a typo though? One of those ones on your phone where you're spelling it and it just changes because I keep getting that with Will Levi's keeps changing it for me. So uh, we'll credit Andy for that one. But uh, 
yeah, Luke Shoemaker. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be using it going ahead. But no, I I like the pick. I think it's a really uh, I like the player. Sorry, they may have taken him a little bit early, but I mean, if the Cowboys have set on their guy and you know they want to take him there that's I guess that's up to them I'm no problem with the player whatsoever just maybe a little bit early but I think he's gonna have a decent role there yeah agreed it's a bit of a weird um weird tight end room there isn't it really I mean you've got uh Ferguson and Hendershot that people are gambling on and obviously Shoemaker in the building now I, I, I don't know if it's a situation that I want to be relying on in fantasy really I just don't know who's gonna who's gonna lead that room so yeah, I mean, really good athlete from what I've seen. And um, yeah, I just don't know if he's a day one star. Would you be drafting Shoemaker? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You don't know if the Shoemaker needs um, a year to settle in or, or you don't know if Hendershot or Ferguson will, will have a you know a bit more progression and, and sort of come through. So as you said, I don't really know who the, who the tight end to target at the Cowboys would be. So I guess... I wouldn't be taking Shoemaker high. I guess if he's around in the third or late third and I've got a pick there, I'd take him and just sit him on the taxi for a year and see how he develops. But um, I don't think he's going to be doing anything early, is he? No, I mean, he's, he's comparable to Dan Bellinger and that's a player. Obviously, I took him with my Giants hat on in loads of rookie drafts last year in the fourth and fifth. I think if he falls to the fourth and fifth, absolutely pick him up and put him on your taxi. But yeah, I just think until that room plays out, there was a situation a couple of years ago, was it Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin and nobody knew who the start would be. I was in Team Jarwin, got that massively wrong um, and I don't want that to happen again. So yeah, he's one that if you get late, taxi squad, but I wouldn't be relying on the shoemaker. Yeah, you took Jarwin and then he ended up wrecking his knee. So I don't, I don't know if you put a bit of juju on him there with that one. Possibly, possibly. Uh, speaking of odd uh, tight end picks. I'll let you take the next one. Round two, pick 61. Yeah, round two, pick 61. So Brenton Strange to the Jaguars. So more of an athletic move, tight end. He runs a 4-7-40, um, fairly athletic. You know, he's not he's not rapid, but he's not slow. Um, I've seen it reported as just a bit of cover for Evan Engram, but, you know, Engram's only there on the tag at the moment. And um, if he doesn't agree a contract, then he's gone at the end of the year. And, you know, in a year's time, Brenton Strange, depending on how he develops, could have a role at the Jaguars. So I know that we didn't do much work on him. We've not mentioned him much before, but um, now he's got this pick and now he's got this landing spot and Engram still hasn't tied up. I've got a little bit of interest in Brenton Strange. So late third, early fourth or mid fourth, I'd be looking to pick him up and stick him on the taxi and see how he develops. Um, bit of a pick out of nowhere, really, wasn't it? But I quite like it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a player that I'd really looked into at all pre-draft, to be fair. Um, we covered loads of players and we're both a pair of nerds, more so you. But yeah, this one came out of nowhere. Probably seems a bit high given that none of us really knew much about him. But, you know, I'm sure that they've got a bit of a plan for him. As you said, Engram's on the uh, on the tag. They need something. And I think the rest of the tight end room, was it Luke Farrell or um, not much else going on there? So as you said, get him late on, put him in your taxi. He might even be one that just goes to waivers in, in rookie drafts um, because people just don't know who he is. But yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, weird move, probably a bit early, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think their other tight end was Colin Farrell, I think. Colin Farrell, yeah. Irish fella. Um, <laughs> I prob- I'd probably rather Colin Farrell than Brendan Strange, to be fair. Tight end one, phone booth. Um yeah, the next one. Uh, this is another one. I feel like everyone's one of your boys, but this is one of your boys, I think. So round two, pick 63, Marvin Mims to the Broncos. Um, I'll let you take this one because I know that you were quite a big fan of Marvin Mims. He rose quite a bit in your uh, sort of close to the draft. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I got him in our in our pre-rookie draft. I think I got him late third, but I always had my eyes on him. He was really, really productive at Oklahoma. Got better season on season on season. Um, he's really quick. He's, he's best comparable is T.Y. Hilton. Um, he's really got that in him. He's he's quick. He, he catches well. He runs good routes. Um, Sean Payton's already come out and praising him already. And you know what Sean Payton's like. If you were part of his regime, he, he's happy to use you. I don't, I don't know if this maybe signals a, a Jerry Juden or a Cortland Sutton trade further down the line, but I'm, I'd be happy to pick up Marvin Mims uh, mid-second, late-second um, and, and roster him because I think he's going to have a chance at the Broncos as well. He's, he's quick as well. So, you know what Wilson's like with those deep passes. If if um, Peyton does let him throw it down there, Marvin Mims sort of cancels out. Um, KJ Hamlin now who's injured again. So I think, I think Mims is one to look at. And he's not just a deep threat either. He can do the in- intermediate stuff. So... I like this move. Um, Mims has been moving up the boards for the last few weeks, but I kind of liked him a little while ago, so it was nice for me to see. So, yeah, happy to pick him up where I can. What about you? What do you make of the move? Yeah, I really like the pick, actually. it's um, they, they clearly don't, or it clearly doesn't like what he's got in Sutton or Judy. There's been rumours about a possible trade for one or both pretty much the whole off-season, so there's obviously something not quite right there. So, New regime comes in, they want their guy. If Marvin Mims is their guy, why not? So, uh, yeah, I think if he's going to be going in the sort of mid to late second, it's a really nice pick there. But, I mean, just on the Judy and Sutton situation, where where can you see them going, one or both? I mean, Sutton just is a weird one to me. Had that one really good season, missed a load of time with injury, and he's not really done very much. And he's not young. I think he's 28, isn't he? Where yeah. can Sutton end up? It's just a bit of a weird situation. Yeah, he's 28. I was really in on him um, the start of last season. I thought he was going to be really good one year removed from the ACL and he had that one standout season and I thought with Russell Wilson going there that he was going to be outstanding, but he kind of just fell flat. He was still their, their wide receiver one, but he didn't really do anything outstanding. Um, he was apparently very, very close to being traded to the uh, Ravens, so that very nearly happened apparently. So. I don't know if they'd go back now. They've been linked to Hopkins as well, and they've also just taken Zay Flowers. So I don't know if that's still on the table. But yeah, he was very close to the Ravens, apparently. Yeah, that I mean, that is a, a classic Ravens-type player, isn't it? So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think they'll probably keep hold of Judy because the, the price that they've put on Judy, I don't think anyone's going to want to pay that. But Sutton, I think they could probably get rid of for, for next to nothing, really. He's just not really done very much. So I'm sure someone will pick him up. But um Moving on to the next one, because this, this one I think is a fantastic pick. So round three, pick 68, Hendon Hooker to the Lions. Um, we've spoke about Hendon Hooker, rose quite a bit. There was talk, could he get into the first round? Didn't quite get into the first or the second. Uh, goes in the third round. And I think a few people are questioning, is he going there to be a pure backup? Could he compete with Jared Goff? Is it just taking the, the best player available and hoping he develops? But I think he's potentially got an opportunity there. It's a really good system. They've got a fantastic offense despite the stupid picks they made on night one. Um, but for me, this is a really nice landing spot. Jared Goff's done really well there, but I think we all know sort of his um, his limitations, Jared Goff. He's, I don't think he's there for the long haul. Um, I think there was an out on his contract this year. So um, got another couple of years on his deal, but this is a player that I think could take over and be a starter at some point. So for me, Hendon Hooker, um, people will be disappointed that he's fell to round three, but I think you have to just look past that and look at the situation, don't you? And, if he becomes a value in your rookie rookie drafts, if he goes into the second round in Superflex, which I'm sure he will, I'm, I'm quite interested at Hen and Hooker. What about you? Are you in or out because of the round three capital? 
Yeah, I've always quite liked Hendon Hooker. Um, I did a profile for him last year for uh, Big Davy Gray. So, um, yeah, I quite like him. But the only the only issue with these Tennessee lads is nobody knows how to sort of rate them because their offense was very unique. The Josh Heupel um, offense. offense. Um, so I don't think people really knew how to rate Hooker and Hire and, and Tillman and things like that because it was just such a unique offense. And looked like Hooker was always throwing to open receivers. So they've been schemed open. But, you know, he's do, he, he was... I think he had two interceptions the whole season or something, some ridiculous number. I can't remember what it was, but he's very secure, very smart, apparently was amazing in interviews, really, really good lad around the building. You know, a lot, a lot of his ex-coaches can't speak highly enough of him. I just want to see him maybe sit at, at the Lions for a year, develop if there's any golf injuries come in. I want to see how he progresses because he's got a great OC there as well in Ben Johnson. Uh, I think this is a really, really good spot for Hooker. I mean, Goff's there already, we know, but Hooker's got a good um, ceiling with his rushing as well, and he he's got the he's got a great arm as well. And I just think there's a nice little spot for Hooker to develop, and I'd be happy to pick him up um, mid to late second rounds of uh, rookie drafts because I, I like the player. But what he can become, I guess we'll never know. It, it depends on you know whether it was all the Josh Heupel Tennessee offense or whether there's players in people like Hooker, Tillman and Hyatt. So one to keep an eye on for definite for me. I, I like the player. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, well, let's move on. Take us away with the next pick. So round three, pick 69, um, Tank Dell to the uh, Houston Texans. So potential slot role is very, very difficult to uh, pin down. He's excellent off the line. He's very quick. He's very sudden. He's very shifty. The only downside to him is very small. He um, his best comparable is a uh, knickknack from the man with the golden gun. So <laughs> his best comparable is uh, Sean from the Adjust the Rankings podcast. Um, yeah, I mean we, we spoke about Tank Dell a few weeks ago. I really like the player. He's a fun player to watch at the college level. Um, similar to Kadarius Tony, they talk about Kadarius Tony, the human joystick, but Tony's about six foot. Um, Tankdale's three foot two. So I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't see it. I, I just cannot see him being a productive, consistent performer at the NFL level. Um, he'd have to be a massive, massive outlier uh, to NFL history. So, yeah, it's a potentially an interesting landing spot. The, the Texans situation's a bit strange. They've obviously got Nico Collins and John Mechie. Is he fit? Is he going to be back? Who knows? And uh, Robert Woods is obviously not there for the long haul. So there's potentially a gadget opportunity, but Am I interested in a really short, light gadget player in a really terrible offense with a rookie quarterback? Probably not, to be honest. So I'll be letting somebody else draft Tank Dell. Are you going to pick him up anywhere, even if he falls to say, third round of your rookie drafts? Are you interested at all? Um, possibly. I, I think I would be because I don't think that previously these players have had the draft capital. And he's he's got a little bit of capital here, hasn't he, in, in round three, pick 69. But um one to keep an eye on, I think, because I think he could have a really good role there from the off. You know, we saw him at the senior bowl. Nobody could uh, nobody could pick him up, but it was similar to Calvin Austin last year, wasn't it? So you just don't know how that's going to translate among the big boys. But I'm going to be keeping an eye on him and uh, see how he works out. And, you know, if, if you see that he could potentially get a role, maybe try and pick him up then or... If he's around mid to late thirds, then then pick him up there. But it's one to keep an eye. I'm not massively rushing out to move up drafts to get him, but I definitely think it's one to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, I mean, if he falls enough, I'd probably pick him up and put him on a taxi because, as you said, at the at the senior bowl, the, the reports were just fantastic. He was really, really good there. I mean, the, the cornerbacks and, and safety just didn't want to go up against him. People just didn't want to go up against him in, in drills because he was making them look stupid. So I think when you've got people that are in your draft class not wanting to play with you because you're making them look a bit stupid, um, it probably suggests he's got a bit of something. But yeah, he's going to have to be a massive outlier. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. If he comes of value... Might be an interesting gamble on your taxi squad, but you know, I certainly wouldn't be taking him in the second or anything like that. I don't think he's ever going to get that high. So, um, But the next one, I think this is a, a really interesting one. So round three, pick 71, Kendra Miller to the Saints. Um, this is a guy we spoke about last week, I think, a week or so ago. And uh, I think I took him in the mock that we did with Kev. Um, really, really like this landing spot for Kendra Miller. Potentially a really productive three down uh, workhorse back in a, decent situation with a starting running back in Alvin Kamara that could be missing some time for various legal troubles. So he's been quite vocal already about, um, I think he gave an interview straight away saying he respects Alvin Kamara, but he's coming to take his job. Uh, quite quite brave talk from a, a rookie coming in, but I really like it. He's got that dog in him. So uh, yeah, for me, this is a really, really good landing spot. Um, and I think I'm more interested than I previously was. So what about you? You've been on Kendra Miller. Do you like this spot? Yeah, I think we spoke about him um, on the last pod or the one before that, but he, he's comparable to Javonte Williams. I just think people have kind of forgot about him because he he, he chose to have um, surgery after the season. So he's missed a lot of senior bowls, practices and, and combines and, and, and pro days and stuff like that. But he's got a really, really good profile. He's still only 20 or 21 as well. The, the profile's really there. He's not done a lot of pass catching previously, but apparently it's something that he can do. So I think this is one to really, really keep an eye on. I, I'm I'm targeting Kendra Miller if I can in drafts because I think he's going to get a decent chance at the Saints. I mean, we've seen previously at the Saints as well, even when Kamara's been fit and they had Ingram, that was a great one-two punch, wasn't they? And I think Kendra Miller is giving you more juice than Ingram is now. So... I think this could be a really, really good landing spot. And I think Kendra Miller's one to really target, I think, because I think we could be around, what, mid two, late two. I think I'll definitely be picking up there all day long. Yeah, particularly given the other landing spots we've seen for obviously our boy Charbonnet. And I think if I can <clears throat> pivot away from Charbonnet and, and take Kendra Miller quite a few picks later, then I'll be interested there. Well, it's hard not to judge these lads from TCU because we've been burned before by the receivers, but you almost just need to forget some of that and, yeah, he's not done much pass catching, but I don't think it's a case that he can't. I think he just hasn't. Um, yeah. But he's so so productive in his last season. I think he was one yard away from 1,400 yards, which is uh, probably a gun for him. But yeah, really productive. Um, really young as well. He's still 20 years old. He's one of the youngest backs in the class, if not the youngest, I think. So yeah, definitely got good time on his side for Dynasty. So this is um, a massive riser for me. And I think I'll be targeting him quite a bit um, in sort of mid-second. He might rise a bit because people will catch on. So, yeah, really nice spot. Shall I take the next one? Well, yeah, you might as well take this one because I feel for Jalen Hyatt having to go to the franchise that he's gone to. So you can take this one. <laughs> so here we go. Round three, pick 73, Jalen Hyatt to the Giants. Um, and on the show sheet here, David's written bum. So thanks, mate. Um, so... <laughs> The Giants just seem to have something on me. So every year they just pick the receiver that I don't want and draft them. Every year it happens to me. So I think for real life football, this is, let's forget Dynasty just for a second, real life pick. I think this is a nice value. This is a player that was talked about as going in the first round and really hyped up in his last season. 
in, in Tennessee. But obviously he's fallen to the third. Giants were sniffing around receivers, didn't quite get one at the back of that run in the first round. So to get this player in the third, I think the pick is a really good value. Uh, he'll take the top off and stretch the field deep. The only other speed guy we've really got, Paris Campbell, who I don't know what he's going to do there. And um, Darius Slayton. So, I mean, I think he adds speed that the Giants don't have. So for real life, it's nice. But I think for Dynasty, which is what we're here to play and talk about, I just don't think he's going to get consistent volume. Uh, he's going to be a boom bust. It's really a bit of a cliche, but I think he's going to be a best ball wide receiver. And he's just not something that I really like to roster in Dynasty. You never know what you're going to get. He could put up 30 points one week and then put three the next week. And yeah, for Dynasty, don't really like it. Real life, I suppose it's a a logical pick at value. But yeah, what do you think with an objective view, despite hating the franchise, me and the division? Yeah, so I'll mainly put the comment in the uh, in the brackets there just for you. But um, I think he's actually a good real-life pick. I think he's going to do well at the Giants. Daniel Jones throws a really good deep ball, and I think he's going to be good. He's got speed. Um, the only thing for me, like you said, these receivers in Dynasty I've not really got any interest in because you just never know when to play them. He's comparable to uh, Will Fuller. So I hated Will Fuller. I hate Robbie Anderson. Um, Deshaun Henry Jackson. Ruggs all these yeah, players yeah all, all those guys you know one week 40 points one week 30 points then another week is 2.7 and I just I can't be dealing with it I never know when to play them or or when they're going to go off so as you said he's more of a best ball um, pick up uh, in the game really and I don't really I'm not really interested in Jalen Hyatt and Dynasty real life I think he's going to be good I think he's fine um, good, it's going to be a good pick for the Giants but yeah no interest for me in Dynasty Yeah, I mean, the only possible exception I might have, we're in a couple of leagues that have got quite good bonuses for sort of 100 plus yard games and that sort of thing, which again, these are probably quite out of the norm scoring systems. He might have good value in those, but yeah, it's um, a bit of a disappointing one for Dynasty really. But uh, I think linked to this, on to the next pick. So round three, pick 74, Cedric Tillman to the Browns. Um, For me, a pick later, I'd rather have Cedric Tillman. Um, So uh, do you want to take Tillman away? Because I know you've done a bit of work on him. Yeah, I really like this pick. I think he's, he's got a really good chance at the Browns here. I mean, what's there at the moment is Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper. And, and then apart from that, there's not really a lot there. Um, he's a bigger bodied receiver, but he's quick as well. So Browns are very into their analytics when they with all of their picks for the, for the last few years. And Cedric Tillman hits a lot of um, hits a lot of spots for those analytics because he's big and he's quick. Uh, he catches well. The year before sort of last year when Hyatt went off and Hyatt was regarded as the wide receiver one. Tillman was injured, but the previous season people were much, much preferable to Cedric Tillman. So for me, I much, much prefer Cedric Tillman to Jalen Hyatt. And I think he could have a really, really good role at the Browns. He's got a little bit of capital, I guess, in in round three, pick 74. But for me, he's one that I'm definitely going to be looking to pick up now. I think he could have a role there. And I think he's actually going to end up being very good Deshaun Watson, obviously a really good quarterback as well. It could be Tillman and Cooper on the outside and um, Elijah Moore in the slot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm targeting Cedric Tillman. That's that's one that I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, and I think, you know, I agree with what you've said. I think Tillman's definitely the all-round better receiver than, than Jalen Hyatt. I think just jumping back to Hyatt again, perhaps the reason that the Giants didn't go Tillman, they went Hyatt instead, is that they've already got a similar profile to Tillman in Isaiah Hodgins. I know it's a player that... I'd roster everywhere. You've you've advocated for him being a bit of a pickup as well. 
So I think um, Hodgins is a bit of a winner there from that Hyatt pick. Maybe the Giants just thought, do we need Tillman, similar profile to, to Hodgins? Let's get something different. So I can sort of maybe understand the process and why they've done that. But Tillman, I think, is the better all-round player. Do just wonder though, there is there are a few bodies at the Browns. You've obviously got Cooper, Elijah Moore, and you've forgotten about our boy Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. So, oh wow, well, yeah, I did, didn't uh, I? Yeah, and D- David Bell didn't do anything. I think he's just a guy; he's not going to do anything at all. But um, yeah, I mean, there is a, a possibility that Tillman might be the the, the fourth option there um, for the first year. But I don't think that's this is dynasty. We're talking about the long term, so. Yeah, I do do really like the player. Definitely the better all-round receiver to Jalen Hyatt, but I can sort of understand the process for the Giants and why they maybe didn't go for Tillman. That's a bit bad for me for getting DPJ because I actually quite like him as well. So, yeah, it's quite. But bad. I suppose that's probably says quite a lot though, doesn't it? That you don't even really think of him because he's 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 fine, but not really shot the lights out. He's sort of ceilings a wide receiver three at best, I think, isn't it? So, not really gonna mm-hmm. gonna help you too much. He's he's one of those players that I like, but he's a bit of a roster clogger because you can't really get reliable production. So, yeah, maybe Tillman's the one to take over. So next pick, uh, round three, pick 78. So Tucker Craft to the Packers. So Packers have done this previously where they'll take two at a position and and sort of see who comes out on top. They did it previously with the running backs. I think they took um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the same year and then kind of let them fight it out and see who come out on top. This could be another case of that with Tucker Craft and uh, Luke Musgrave. So, They've got the two guys out, the Packers now, two new tight ends. So they're, they're really trying to surround Jordan Love with options and, and things like that. Uh, very good athletic profile, Tucker Craft. Um, can do a bit of both. He's a blocker and, and and catch as well. So what did you make of the move? Yeah, I think, as you said, they, they take two and just see who rises. And I think the issue here really is that obviously they've taken – uh, a tight end earlier in the draft in Musgrave, who's got really serious health issues. I mean, he played t- two games last year, really serious knee injury. So he's definitely the upside pick, Musgrave, but there is a risk there and he might not play. So it does make sense to sort of almost double down and give yourself a bit of insurance there because the rest of the room there, I mean, they've just not really got much at all, have they? So, yeah, I think it's um, a bit of security and always nice to have options. And as you said, surround Jordan Love with a few weapons so I don't I've not done too much on Tucker Craft to be fair he's not really a player that I was that interested in but I can see the process I understand why it makes sense probably not a player I'm going to target in in Dynasty to be honest um, I just think there's a lot of value in the tight end position and I don't think I'll be going there are you going to pick up any Craft? Um, I'm not really that in- I prefer Musgrave to be honest but um, you know what it's like when you like one it seems to be the other one that comes comes through so I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe if there's if he's around when I'm picking late and and he's there, I, I might do it. But just for me, what might move him up the ranks is he's probably got you know he's he's got the most stereotypical tight end name, hasn't he? That's an amazing tight end name, Tucker Craft. Yeah, six foot five, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Your name's Tucker. You're born to play tight end. So yeah, he he may rise up boards just for that alone. We'll have to see what boots he's got and what his hair looks like. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one, I think. Yeah, I'll let you take the next one. Yeah, so uh, next one, round three, pick 79, Josh Downs to the Colts. Um, I think people will be quite down on Downs because um, he's fallen to the third round. It was a player that was talked about could maybe push into the first. I think most people thought he'd certainly go in the second, but I actually really like the landing spot. Um, I think he's landed with a really, really high upside quarterback in a really good system, um, really good situation. And he's potentially got that slot role to himself. I mean, they, they signed Isaiah McKenzie, didn't they, from the from the Bills? And 
I think this is a really nice landing spot for Josh Downs. And he's a really good route runner. Um, I know that you say route, I'm a route man. And uh, yeah, I like the landing spot. So for me, he could be a bit of a value. I think this third round landing spot, though, is probably going to drop him back a little bit in your rookie drafts. He was going around sort of that sort of 112 to sort of 203 area. He might drop a little bit just after this. But for me, I'm really like, I like the landing spot. I think it makes him a bit of a value. Are you interested in downs at this price? Yeah, I really like the player and I really love this landing spot. People, like you say, yeah. people are going to be put off by the third round and, and pick 79. But I love the player and I love the landing spot. And as you said, he could have that slot role to himself. He was pretty much a North Carolina offense on his own and people still couldn't stop him. They knew every week it was going to Josh Downs, but they still couldn't stop him. So another thing as well is Chris Ballard is very into big lads and quick lads and physical profiles. And Josh Downs hasn't really got that physical profile and, and they've still picked him. So they, they clearly like him. I um, He's another one I want to be targeting Josh Downs. I think this is a really, really good role. Like you said, I don't know what else is there slot-wise. I know Isaiah McKenzie's gone there, but that could be just to play for returns and punts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm really into Josh Downs and happy to pick him up where I can, to be honest. I think it's a great landing spot for him and he could have a really good role there. Yeah, I think, as you said, that the physical profile is just completely different to everything they've got. They've obviously got Pittman and Alec Pierce on the outside. They're both six foot four, big lads. Jelani Woods, I think he's six foot seven, six foot eight in the tight end room. So Josh Downs coming in at, what is he, 175 pounds and five foot 10. Very different profile, but it says that they like what he's got. And him in the slot with um, Anthony Richardson, decent line, excellent run game. I think he could could eat there. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's not put me off at all. I think I like the, the landing spot more than a lot of the other receivers. So I'm definitely in. If he's going in the mid-second, I think that's a really good value in your rookie draft. So I'm going to try and target Josh Downs, I think. Yeah, I'm all over him. Um, I'm really happy with that. Um, that's great. That's a great move for him and them, I think. Yeah. Well, um, next one, pick. Uh, so round three, pick 81, Ty J Spears to the Titans. Um, this is a player that we spoke about. I think we've spoken about everyone, but um, I picked him up in one of our early sort of pre-draft um, startup dynasty leagues. And I picked up Ty J Spears, just like the profile. And I really like this landing spot. People straight away think about Derek Henry, but I don't know how long Derek Henry is going to be there. I mean, this team's going to be an absolute disaster. Talked about Tannehill might not be there and might be starting with a rookie quarterback, not many weapons. And uh, I don't think there's any need to keep hold of Tannehill and Derek Henry. So if Derek Henry moves out the way, Ty J Spears suddenly finds himself as a as a every down back, which would be incredible. At the very least, I think he's an interesting third down back. Um, but there's a lot of upside for more. So I really like the profile. Don't mind the landing spot. And I think where he's going to go in rookie drafts, I mean, where is he going to go? Late second, early third? at the best I mean he might even fall sort of mid third onwards um quite easily in super flex league so yeah I think the the cost here is quite decent that's the spot that I just want to be pounding running backs in rookie drafts and put them on your taxi squad and see but uh do you have any interest in this landing spot does Henry worry you at all so love the player love the landing spot and yeah, I'm all over him. Uh, he's another one I'd be happy to pick up. I think that where the Titans are going to be so bad as well, and he's a third down back in garbage time, he's going to be eating. I think he's going to get more work than people think at the Titans just because they're going to be so bad. They don't tend to keep um, Derek Henry in, do they, for a third down? So 
um yeah i i love i love the landing spot and i love the player he's, he's very very good he's a very very good pass catcher um you saw him sort of juke that line that um, linebacker out of his shoes at the senior bowl he's really good i think this could be um this could be a really good value pickup in in your rookie drafts and yeah, i'm trying to pick him up wherever i can to be honest yeah no i completely agree it's a, a nice value uh, speaking of nice values, I know our boy uh, Kev was quite a big fan of this next pick. So do you want to take it away? So yeah, round three, pick 84, Devon a chain to the uh, Miami Dolphins. So if you could pick a system and a coach that was ideal for Devon a chain, then it was probably the Dolphins and uh, their nerd coach because he's going to be running that 49ers outside run scheme. And this is ideal for a, a player that's got sort of track speed he runs early 10, 100 metres, so he is rapid. And if you get him in those outside lanes, you're not going to be catching him. Probably is a bit similar to most in, in his profile and what he can do, but probably quicker. Um, also a really good pass catcher as well. The only issue for me is he's 100 and, what is he, 175, 180 pounds. And there's, yeah. just, there's no historical um, comparison of anyone doing anything in the NFL at that size. So... He's got a lot on his hands to overcome that going ahead, but he's probably in the right system and setup to overcome it if he can. So uh, I don't know if I'd be targeting him. I think if he if he if he's around at a certain level, I think you have to pick him up just because he could get chances there. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, I'm really sorry, Kev, but um, I, I don't think I've got that much interest in Dynasty because I, I, I like you. On paper, this sounds like a really great system. They're running a good committee there. They've, you know, it brings the speed. He's got similar things to Moster. Obviously, a completely different size profile. And but he would need to just defy all historical evidence on on running back to hit and hit successfully. So he's just too small. I just don't think he can take the pounding that he's going to get in the NFL. It's fine doing it at the college level and and you know one cut and go. But I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. The running lanes will be different in the NFL. Coverage will be different. I just don't know if he's going to hit everything would need to be perfect for him to hit. And I just don't think I want to gamble on that. So I really like it. I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch. Um, and I'm sure they'll love him down in Miami, but yeah, I, I like the landing spot, but I just don't know if I still like the player enough to, to be that interested. I think it's a big risk. If he hits, he's going to hit really well, but it's a massive if for me. I mean, as you said, 180 odd pounds or, or whatever he is for me, I think he's potentially Naeem Hines. I mean, I know that sounds really boring, and it, it, it could be. He could just be a third down receiving back. I don't know how much value that's got. So, yeah, I, I like it, but I probably won't be drafting him because I think he's going to be pushed up boards because of this landing spot. If he starts going sort of early second, I've got no interest at all. At all. What about you? Where, where would you be comfortable picking him then if he was in rookie drafts? Um, I'd only, I think, want him past 2.205. I think only, that's the only place I'd kind of want him past that, I guess. I know he's going to go higher and people are going to be over this landing spot and people are going to love this landing spot and think he's he's going to hit there. But I, I'm like you, I've got my doubts about him. But um, I think you're going to see some highlights from him every now and then. I think you're going to see some huge runs and some some speed and some touchdowns where people are just not going to get near him. But I just, I'm just not sure he's going to have the volume for, for the longer term role. So I don't know if he's around two seven two eight two nine, and, you know, there's not a lot else there, then pick him up. But I don't know. I've got my reservations, but I, I guess we'll see. We, we could end up looking silly down the line, but yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, and I, I think the only thing that could maybe push him up, and we'll talk again in a second about another running back, is that some of these running backs are landed in crap situations. And players that I com- I would usually be really comfortable taking, I now potentially won't. So he might rise in your rookie drafts purely because everyone else lands in a shit situation as well. So um, there is always that. Um, speaking of worrying situations and maybe not being too interested, round three, pick 88. Uh, Cartavius Tank Bigsby uh, to the Jaguars. Now, this is one that a couple of weeks back, if you remember in, in our buy and sell episodes, I said to sell Travis Etienne because I was worried that they might be looking to draft a running back. They were favouring Jermichael Hasty towards the end of the season. And Travis Etienne, obviously, is thought of this really good receiving weapon and he's not scored a single receiving touchdown for the Jaguars. He just doesn't get used like that. And now out of nowhere, they've drafted a really good potential three down running back in Tank Bigsby. So this to me is worrying for ETN. I think it definitely eats into ETN's workload, but sadly actually doesn't do much for Tank Bigsby because ETN will do the same to him. So I really like the player, potentially a three down workhorse back if he landed in the right situation. But for me, this, this is an awful landing spot. It caps him. It caps Travis Etienne, similar to the Seahawks situation with Charbonnet and Walker for me. Um, so really disappointing night all round for running backs. But what do you make of our boy Cartavius Tank Bigsby? Yeah, love the name. I uh, don't love the landing spot. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's like the Charbonnet and Walker, isn't it? They're going to cap each other, I think, now, Bigsby and Etienne, because Tank Bigsby has got that free down skill set, as you said. And um, they seem to like... Um, Who's the other guy there? Jermichael Hasty as well for third down. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be, it's just going to be a, a bit muddled in that backfield, isn't it? And I know that Doug Pedis, Peterson has always preferred a committee anyway. And like you say, we didn't see anything from Etienne in the past game. I mean, he can do it because we saw it at Clemson, but he didn't do anything in the past game last year. So what about if Travis Etienne sort of becomes a first down, second down grinder and Bigsby becomes, you know, the, the third down back is... I don't know, it's just, it just limits both of them, doesn't it? So I, I like the player, but yeah, the landing spot has kind of killed him, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a real shame. And I think best case scenario is that they both have defined roles and maybe they can complement each other to a degree. But it's, yeah, for, for fantasy, it's a nightmare because you might start tanking, he gets three points and Etienne gets 25 and vice versa. So yeah, really frustrating situation. And it was not a great night for running backs because two that we were quite high on in Tank Bigsby and Charbonnet have just landed in these really muddy situations and I don't know if I'm that interested in either really if they drop into sort of valuable or value picks in the rookie drafts I might be but yeah really frustrating yeah I think we'll move on so round three uh, pick 93 Darnell Washington to the Steelers so huge uh, huge specimen of a man and uh, he's got wheels to match as well but Reports come out after that there's a lot of knee concerns around him. Apparently, this is this is why he's dropped. I think a lot of it expected to go in the second, and some even had him down to go in the first. But yeah, there's concerns around a knee injury, and uh, he's fallen to uh, round three, pick ninety three to the Steelers. I think the Steelers are the kind of team that would end up just using him on run blocking anyway, and he'll become more of a lineman at the Steelers anyway. They've got Pat Frymuth there as well that they use in the past game, so. I think this. I think Darnell Washington's probably limited where he's landed now, and there's obviously the concerns over the knee. I was never really in on him anyway, just because I think he's going to end up being a really, really good blocker, and 
won't be doing much in in the past catching game. I was never really in on him, and I'm you know I'm I'm not in on him anymore with this landing spot. And you got the knee concerns as well, so yeah, not not really one I'm I'm that bothered about to be honest. Yeah, I, I do agree. It's a shame because I, I was in on him to a degree. I sort of bought into the hype and love watching him at the at the combine and seeing him throw that sled around. He was like the lad from Police Academy, like we said. And <laughs> yeah, but there's obviously a, obviously a real serious concerns about this injury because he was thought of as potentially going in the first round. And we've seen some really un, unexpected Titans rise. And obviously the lad that's ended up in, in Jacksonville, strange, and obviously the shoemaker in, in Dallas as well. No way we'd have predicted those to go ahead of Darnell Washington. So there's obviously some concerns. I've read as well, it's not just a, a knee concern. There's other concerns as well. I think at his height and weight, if he's got knee concerns, that's that's worrying for me. So as you said, at the Steelers as well, he's got Frymouth ahead of him. If he's healthy, he's going to be a he's going to be a run blocking tight end. Might get a couple of touchdowns occasionally just because he's a massive red zone weapon. But yeah, I'm probably completely out to be fair, uh, unless he drops into the, I don't know, fourth or fifth round in Titan premium leagues which just won't happen I've got not much interest at all so real shame though because it was a nice story after the combine and he's obviously a physical freak but uh, yeah it can adjust your ranks I think quite safe to say yeah so where he was pushing that sled around I just I think in real life I just think he's going to be a really really excellent blocker and he's just going to be used in that way I mean that might get him on the pitch and you know he might be leaking out for some intermediate work but I think he's just going to end up being a really really amazing blocker so yeah, I just think he caps his game, but um, I don't know. He got the concerns with the knee, and he's got not got the draft capital that he was expected to as well. So yeah, not really one that I'm interested in. I'll let you uh, pick up the next guy, although he is one of my sleepers. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll introduce him and I'll let you take him away because he's one of your guys, like everyone is. So um, yeah. round three, pick ninety four, Michael Wilson to the Cardinals. Um, he's not really a guy that I've done too much on, to be honest. So uh, I'm quite happy to let you take away Michael Wilson. I know you tout him as a bit of a sleeper pick. He's, he's gone in the sort of late third. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Wilson? So I was kind of leaving him in the rookie draft that we do when um, we do it pre-combine and pre-draft. I was kind of leaving Michael Wilson and Evan Hull till quite late. I ended up getting Hull off waivers. But um, Michael Wilson, I got sniped for by uh, by Mr. Kickass. So... Um, yeah, I wasn't too happy, but I managed to get him in another league. Um, he's from Stanford. He's got a really, really good all-round profile. His fundamentals are brilliant. He, his route running is really, really good. The only thing is about him is he's had injury concerns and he's not uh, hes not the quickest, but his all-round game is excellent. He's um, great off the line. Um, he, he can play inside and outside. He's a really, really good all-round wide receiver. A lot of people have been touting him to move maybe higher than this, but I think it's a really, really good landing spot as well. I think there's a chance for some really good work at the Cardinals and there's not a lot there already. There's the two midget slot receivers, isn't there? There's Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch and Marquis Goodwin. I know DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is still there, but he's probably going to go, isn't he? So I think there could be a really good role for Michael Wilson at the Cardinals and I really, really like the player. I think he's for me. I'm going to be targeting him late in in rookie drafts, and I'll be happy to pick him up where I can because I think there's a definite potential for him, and I think he's got potential to be good as well. So yeah, I, I really like the pick and the landing spot. Yeah, I think as you said, I didn't do too much on on Michael Wilson, but just in terms of opportunity there, they're going through a bit of a rebuild, and obviously Hopkins presumably is going to be gone. So uh, Rondell Moore, completely different profile. Um, so yeah, there's an opportunity and. Sometimes that's all you need. So it might be worth a late pickup in your rookie drafts. 
Um, the next one for me, round three, pick 100, Trey Tucker to the Raiders. This was an odd pick. The Raiders have been doing this for years. They, they I don't know if they just think they're clever. They try and zig when others zag, but this is just a bit of a weird pickup for me. He's got a lot of experience on special teams, but do you see any value here on Trey Tucker in the, in the late third? It seems a weird one to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, everyone knew was, people were talking about the Cincinnati wide receivers. Everyone expected Tyler Scott to be going ahead of him, didn't they? So this is a weird one yeah. for me as well. And I know that our resident Raider fan in the group, Joe, he, he mentioned that Tucker's maybe been picked up for his special teams work as well. So I don't know, maybe that plays into it. And he's a bit of a gadget guy and, and a bit shifty and it can be used all around the formation and yeah, stuff like that. But it's just a bit of a strange pick at the end of round three when there's still some viable receivers there. Like you say, it's a bit, it's a bit classic uh, Raiders where they think they see something that nobody else does and it never ends out working out like Lynn Bowden a few years ago. So I don't know. Um, I've not done a lot of work on him, to be honest. Um, it was only today. when For, I saw for, for good reason. Just a waste of time. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm not going to take him anywhere. This is just such a weird pick. And yeah, I, I don't think we should waste our time to be fair. I think Joe, Joe will be picking him up everywhere anyway, won't he? So we don't have to worry. Good, good. Um, well, the uh, the final tight end that's come off the board uh, in round three, pick 101, Cameron, is it Latu or Latu? How are we pronouncing this? Latu, Cameron Latu. You're probably going to have some really weird pronunciation anyway, aren't you? So I'll let you I'm going to Cameron Latu to the 49ers. So... Um, I know you've done a bit of digging into Latu because you're you're a bit of a nerd, really. So he's an Alabama tight end, former pass rusher. Um, you quite like the pick. I mean, is there a is there a path to fantasy for Latu? Uh, I don't think so. He's going to be one of these guys that's very fundamentally good, and he's probably going to be a really really good blocker and uh, a former pass rusher. So he knows what he's going to come up against uh, with defensive ends and things like that. So. I just think this is mainly a blocking tight end um, that's going to have good fundamentals and, and, and be good at the role that he's given. I, I don't think he's going to be doing much in the pass-catching game. So, yeah, no, I'm really interested in fantasy. I wasn't before, and I'm, and I'm even less now probably because he's, he's behind Kittle for pass-catching, and I just don't see him having that role there anyway. So, yeah, I'm not really interested, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's probably a, a nice real-life pick, but got no fantasy implications at all, to be fair. So... Yeah, a bit of a, a whimper in the final few picks of the of round three. Yeah, definitely. So um, just a few talking points. Well, there's mainly a couple of talking points. We listed a lot of players yesterday who could potentially go in rounds two and three. And out of all the players that we listed that could go in two and three, there was only one player that didn't go that we named. And uh, it was a player that oh. we were both, are both really high on. So it's a huge surprise to both of us. Do you want to name the guy? It's our boy Roshan Johnson, um, still sitting there in the green room on, on day three. So, yeah, so he's a massive surprise, isn't it? I think really we all expected him to sort of get at the very least day two draft capital. Thought he might go second at least third round, and he's still sitting there twiddling his thumbs. So, I don't. I think in years gone by, this would have been a situation where you know he's completely done uh, if you don't get sort of the you know, first three round draft capital edges into the fourth or fifth round. You start questioning, does he have any value? But is this just a a change in thinking in the NFL where the, the running backs just devalued? Because there's still some really good running backs on the board that I think still have a viable path to being productive. Um, so, I mean, is it is it done for Johnson? I don't think it's done at all. Um, 
he still could land with the Cowboys and there's still a role there for him at the Cowboys. So I don't think it's done for him. That's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the ideal landing spot that we've mentioned quite a few times. So the, the fact that they haven't picked a running back yet and he's still on the board, I don't think it actually changes very much. It might change his long-term value because obviously they won't have as much money invested. But I think if we're looking at just a, an opportunity and a pathway to success, I think it's still viable. So yeah, really disappointing, but I don't think it's over yet. Uh, maybe we'll be left holding the bag, but um, disappointing. Like you say, I think it's just a continued devaluation of the running back position because what about as well if he goes to the Buccaneers or the Cardinals? Are you going to be out on him? Nobody's going to be out on him if he goes there. There's a there's a role, a clear role there for him at both of those. There's still quite a lot of teams that, that will need running backs and I think they've just left them because there's a few of them there and, and there's not much value in them. You know, We're going to go through the top five, five players left at each position soon and the running backs are really good, so... I don't know. I think it's just a devaluation of the devaluation of the position in general, don't you think? Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't think we can apply historical sort of measures to the current situation because it's just different. I think a lot of teams are now moving to committees. There aren't as many sort of workhorse backs that are just going to dominate all touches. It's just not the way it works anymore. And we saw a player last year go in the early fourth round, Damian Pierce, and had an excellent season. They still haven't drafted a running back. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's the end at all. Disappointing, definitely. But if he's, if he lands in one of those positions that you've named, I'm still all in. So um, obviously we'll see how it comes out for day three. But yeah, Roshan Johnson, really disappointing, but it's not over just yet. Yeah, I agree. So um, we'll just quickly go through the top five players left at probably each position. I think the draft kicks off soon, doesn't it? Or is it kicked off already? So we'll probably recap um, next week some point and, and go through some maybe people we're interested in and risers and, and fallers and stuff like that. But just quickly, the top five quarterbacks left. So there's Jake Hayner still out there. There's Dorian Thompson Robinson still out there. I know that we both like Dorian Thompson Robinson, especially you, don't you? Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that, that we both really like. I think if he lands in a good situation, he could be a good developmental quarterback. I'd like to see him land in New York, actually, as a, an option to develop behind Daniel Jones, because we could get out of his contract in two years. And he's the sort that would fit the scheme that, that Dable's trying to operate. So, yeah, I'm in on DTR. Yeah, so there's uh, Jaron Hall as well. There's Clayton Tune and there's Aiden O'Connell. There's a, there's a few others out there as well. And my sleeper guy, I think my sleeper guy is going to go undrafted. But Tyson Bajant, I think he's going to go undrafted. So, it then becomes where he uh, where he lands after that. So I'll let you take through the uh, top five running backs left. Yeah, so the running backs, I think there's still some good value here, as we've just said. So the top five running backs left, our boy Roshan Johnson is still not over. Uh, Israel Abanakanda, um, again, this is a bit of a slide. We thought he could get day two capital, but didn't. Zach Evans, uh, Eric Gray and Dwayne McBride, probably the five top ones that are still left. Just before we move on to the wide receivers, though, uh, Sean Tucker doesn't appear anywhere on this list. Is is he completely dead? Melted down for glue. What's going on with Sean Tucker? Well, I don't know if there's the the medical concerns. Uh, there was the stuff over his injuries, and then there was stuff about his heart issues. So strange to me that you know there's not even anything out there about him or why he's dropped or anything like that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he goes undrafted, or maybe he goes today, and I don't know. What, what do you think about it? It's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird because there's all these rumours, but not really much confirmed. And they talk about his heart. I mean, if he's got a heart problem, he shouldn't be getting drafted at all, should he? I mean, I don't even know what would happen if they drafted him and suddenly find out he's got no heart. Uh, the Tin Man from um, The Wizard of Oz. So, um, 
yeah, really weird situation. I mean, I, I wouldn't touch him at all for that reason. You can't, can you, at this level? You no. invest a really valuable pick in a lad that has got a dodgy heart and dodgy knees and dodgy ankles. I mean, it's just it's a shame for the kid. But yeah, he's had a disastrous fall, unfortunately. Yep. So the t- uh, the top five wide receivers that are left, we've got Tyler Scott, for obviously from Cincinnati that we mentioned earlier. A.T. Perry, Xavier Hutchinson, Dontavian Wicks, Kayshawn Boutte. Talk to me about Kayshawn Boutte. Oh, this is a, a weird fall, isn't it? I mean, go back a year and he's probably the wide receiver one in the entire class. And now he's um, gone into day three. Talk that he could go completely undrafted, which would just be crazy, wouldn't it? I mean, I still think that someone's going to gamble on his profile. He's obviously shown that he can be productive. He'd come off that really bad injury, I think, in late 2021. Didn't really produce much in, in his last season in 2022. And there's a question, is he going to declare? Is he not going to declare? And he's come out and stuck by his terrible numbers that, that he ran. And yeah, it's a really weird situation. I just don't know. Has he got a bad attitude problem? Are the interview's terrible. We'll see. I, I don't think he's going to go undrafted. I just don't. I don't believe that that can happen, but who knows? I mean, are you are you in? Do you think there's a, a path to him potentially having a bit of upside here? I think someone definitely takes the gamble on on that on what he was previously, and and the, and maybe the case that they can get him back to it. But um, <clears throat> just strange for me that he's like you said, he was probably the Devi wide receiver one a year and a half ago, and he's now undrafted and we're in day day three so it's a bit of a worry for him and he's had the ankle injury and like you said he, he his workouts were terrible and he's kind of stuck by them so someone will gamble on him I think he'll probably get drafted but it might be sixth or seventh and I probably I don't know I don't know if I have much interest my my squads are getting bigger and bigger and I've only got so much room on the taxi squad so I don't think I'd be in on Kayshawn Boutte now yeah, it's, I, I think it just depends what he's going to cost you. If he, if he gets drafted in the the fourth round today or fifth round and he costs you a, a late third round pick, I mean, it's worth the upside. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I've, got not, I've got a feeling he could land in New England. I've just got a feeling it might be a, a reclamation project from Bill. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And there's a couple of other so, uh, wide receivers I didn't mention as well that will probably get picked soon. That's... Uh, Andre Yoshivas and Puka Nakua. So there's probably a few wide receivers left that could still go yet. So there's probably a you seem to have missed a really a really you seem to have missed a really key one as well, um, uh, Mr. I, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah, I left that off purposely because I knew you'd bring that one up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I just really hope he doesn't go undrafted because it would just kill me. But um, yeah, I'm holding out hope purely on his profile. Obviously, At Perry's got a similar profile as well, and we'll see. Um, yeah, I hope Bryce Ford Wheaton doesn't go undrafted. I think he's got sort of fifth round written all over him. Someone will take him. Just hope it's not the Ravens or uh, or, or the Packers. But the, um, uh, there's a few. The, do you reckon the Braintree Bobcats would be interested in him? The, the Badgers have, have already taken him, mate. So uh, taking him everywhere. I will be picking him up for the Braintree Badgers and the Braintree Bats everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, a few few interesting tight ends left as well. So the top five tight ends still left on the board. We've got Will Mallory. Uh, Zach Kuntz, uh, I will pronounce it Kuntz. Yep. I think that's actually correct for once as well. Uh, Josh Wiley, uh, Payne Durham and Davis Allen. So there's still a bit of depth and upside in in the tight end room. I think Kuntz is the one for me that uh, that's quite interesting. Um, I'm surprised he's not off the board already, to be fair, given the the picks that have, have gone before him, the Shoemaker and, and Mr. Strange in Jacksonville. So yeah, anyone that you're eyeing up in the, the tight end class still? 
Um, I don't mind Koontz. Uh, Josh Wiley as well was quite um, highly rated. And a lot of people, I think, expected him to be gone by now. So uh, he's out of Cincinnati as well, I believe. So he's one to keep an eye on. But um, I think the ones I'd be interested in have, are probably already gone at the moment. Just maybe these dart throws late on. But yeah, the ones I'd be interested in are gone. So, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, um, well, a bit of a disappointing day too, I think, overall, wasn't it? A couple of interesting spots, but a couple of re- players that we really liked have ended up um, being nuked a bit. So, a bit of a shame. Yeah, so I think we've probably uh, pretty much covered everything from rounds two and three of the NFL draft. Um, we can shoot off and have some dinner now and, and try and keep track of uh, day three now. And what is it, rounds uh, four, five, six, seven, and then the undrafted lads, the scramble for those guys, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be um, going to be an interesting evening. Just sitting there checking your phone for undrafted lads getting picked up. It's uh, proper proper nerding out, um, we but do, we love it? it. It's what we do, and we've got drafts starting as well in the next couple of days. So yeah, it's going to be a good couple of days, isn't it? And, and you, do you know what? Every year, we've, how long have we been playing fantasy now? Five, six, seven years yeah. together. Every single year, you bring the draft forward a day. Every year, you think, I'm just going to kick this one off a little bit early, lads. No clock. So you, you'll start the clock tonight, I think, about one o'clock in the morning. I've got no doubt at all. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, you can, you know, people want to do it. And, you know, if you tell people the clock doesn't start till Monday anyway, and people can pick when they like over the weekend, you know, people are busy and it officially starts on Monday. But I don't think there's any harm kicking them off early. People are really eager to pick, aren't they? Or mainly just me, to be honest. <laughs> we love it so uh, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcast podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms including Spotify and iHeartRadio we are available on Twitter at AdjustRanks we'll be back next week until then my office is always fully open and there's loads of rookies to trade now as well and as always league winners including rookies will always be available at my facility 